Hello, welcome, uh, welcome back, welcome to another My episode. House. Well, yeah, oh, I was okay. I was more talking to the people who aren't here, but you're making direct eye contact with me, as I always like but to do. I live here, Jen. Welcome to your home. <laughs> I think that you should record. <laughs> this is horrible. Okay. Yeah, now we've got the giggles. No. Okay. We have to come on, season two. Season two. We're professionals. Welcome back to our listeners, um, to the Ribbon Book Club, uh, a Dear America podcast hosted by me, Jen Voss. And me, Kate Reed. And we're reading through them. And we're we're starting season two, starting a new book. Starting strong. Starting strong. Have you had a refreshing summer break? No. Did you? <laughs> I mean, we're adults now, so I feel like summer break doesn't really have the same meaning as it used to. Um, it helps that I am unemployed currently, yeah. kind of, mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every day is summer vacation for me. Okay. I am Ferris Okay, Bueller. with your lady, Cousin Violet, which is a weekend yes. <laughs> energy. I was working nine to five every day. Boom. I know. On the other hand, what I wouldn't give for an office meeting... Oh. oh my god, are you kidding me? Little mandatory overtime? Yes! Only if it comes with payment. Oh, I've never been paid for any of my jobs. Not well, anyway. Right. And that's something we're working on. Anyway, eh. don't don't accept less than you're worth, kids. Um, but, so, we did have, I did get to do some fun things this summer. Um, what did I do? Um, well, I just, the last weekend, I went to the Renaissance Festival. Yay! I got to put on a fun outfit. Love a Ren Fair moment. I wore hair extensions, which has put the an ungodly crick in my neck for the past week. I feel ancient. <laughs> Are you just crumbling to dust? I think I, uh, I think I pulled a muscle. Are you telling me from that the- wearing extra hair? Yeah. It ruined like, your fragile bird-like body? It, <laughs> yes, I think it was, I think ultimately it weighs like maybe a quarter of a pound. And that extra weight, just like... Four ounces. Yeah. Listen, I'm over 30 now. I can't take en- any <laughs> any risks. Speaking as a 35-year-old stroke victim, can it? <laughs> Listen, you're not wrong. However, I am very fragile. <laughs> Noted. Do you want to borrow my shawl? It'll look real cute on you. Oh, if I if I get cold, my friend Amy crocheted it. That's very cute. What did you do this summer? Um, ugh. so my whole year has been devoted to my sister's wedding. Yeah. Um. So I did that. Um. I wrote the ceremony, chose the DJ, selected and picked out basically the cake. Mm. Um. Because the bride and groom really didn't have time. They yeah. both work and have a lot of other stuff and. And As you, stated, I am deeply unemployed. You are a planner too. Oh God, I you, love you, planning things. You messaged me the other day saying, oh, "What are you doing for New Year's Day?" <laughs> it's September, folks. It's September, and I was like, "I don't know. Time doesn't exist that far in advance for me." I don't understand how your year works. It, if I don't plan from now, things won't happen. Listen, the tracks are being furiously laid as the train is barreling down the. <laughs> I like a nice mise en place ahead of time. Yeah. Um, I try to get as much stuff done in advance of holidays mm-hmm. and big dinners That's as often as I can. extremely admirable. <laughs> or is it extremely type A of me? Well, 
because I know that if I don't have enough time to do it right, somebody else is going to do it wrong. Yeah. That's why I planned my sister's wedding. And all the things I wasn't directly in charge of were a cluster of problems. (laughs) Yes, they were. (laughs) For example, the groom got lost. He was uh, supposed to, he was at a work retreat in Yellowstone the week previous. And flying home, their plane got diverted to Colorado and he had to find a way home from there. No. Um, He was the one who had to pick up the bride and bring her to the site. Mm. So everybody else they've ever met was at this wedding and they were not. Well, uh, was it they the... got they did get they did get there in time, but okay. they were sailing by the seat of their pants. Yeah. So um also the um practice I should have just been in charge of mm-hmm. and I let other people do it and this it was is, this is rough. your main mistake is that letting other people be I, in charge of I anything. don't know why I bother. <laughs> I I want to like share the joys of leadership. <laughs> But so far, mm-hmm. everybody else is a weak-willed pansy who can't handle the heat. Now, you making strong eye contact with me now, just... <laughs> you oh, know what? No. It's not the eye contact. It's yeah. I have very aggressive eyebrows. Yeah. I was just more making a comment about how you thought I was talking directly to you when I was making eye contact. And then when you said everyone else is weak-willed pansies while <laughs> giving me strong eyes. Well... Listen, I know my faults. <laughs> anyway, uh, shall we get back into it? I think like the weather is start. It's warm today, but I feel it's gonna it. be crisp. Soon. I feel it in the wind. Crunchy leaf season. I have is encountered coming. some crunchy leaves already. Pumpkin spice latte season is upon us. We're just past the holiday of Maybon, which is it's officially which is fall. Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's fall, baby. I'm watching, the harvest is upon us. I'm watching vampire romance shows. I'm sorry about that. I'm really sorry. I am exactly who I've always been. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm i not going to make any excuses for it, but it's good. Have I, you gotten to season two? Oh, yeah. I'm in season two. This is the best part. For, for folks following along at home, this show is called A Discovery of Witches. It's currently on HBO. And it's pretty tight and tidy to the books, which I appreciate. I've never read them. I You're am not right. not really a vampire person <laughs> generally. So I saw something that rocked my saddle, mm-hmm. um, and they said that people who are like whatever you're into says something about yourself. So if you're into <laughs> vampires, you want to be craved by your lover. Ooh. I know. And I was like, oh, that resonates. And I do have a lot of vampire romance And that makes me uncomfortable. If you're into werewolf stuff, you want to be able to show your darkest sides and still be lovable. Okay. Also um, not me. Probably a monster thing, too. Yeah. What if you like a regular... What if you like regular guy <laughs> Do you want regular guy in the past or regular guy now? Because um, I think that's a difference. strongly depends, um, I want... Yeah, generally in the past, yeah. 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 What does so, that say? I would imagine that it means you want a man who's more in control and is willing to, you know... Okay. You know, handle things. Yeah, you know what? This is this is getting very personal and vulnerable, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I said that whole sentence about Crave, and then I listed... This is the, getting very I, adult. Anyway, look what I like. Hey, kids, uh, be better than us. No, everyone, it's okay. Just be true to yourself. Stick to the YA section. Uh, stick, yeah. We do have some romance in this book, though. We 
do. Let's crack into it. Okay, okay. So today we are discussing Across the Wide and Lonesome Prairie, the Oregon Trail Diary of Hattie Campbell, set in 1847. That word is Oregon. No, it's not. Um, uh, we've had this discussion many times before, and I am here to tell all of our West Coast friends and listeners that I know, and I'm sorry. And, and- I know, and I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> I Listen, I grew up on the East Coast, and I called it the Oregon Trail. Yeah, because that's um, how you say it. Yeah. It is- also, Appalachian. That gets into a lot of, actually... Speaking of that debacle, um, I've heard that that has a lot, is like steeped in a lot of classism. Yeah, well, most things involving Appalachian area are, mm-hmm. aren't they? Whereas like if you, when you call it Appalachia, it's more of the, the people who actually live there and are, you know, have that accent and are considered by many to be, you know, hillbillies or whatever. Um, but if you call it Appalachia... Which I grew Apple, up. I don't. I'm trying to remember how I used to say. I it. used to. I always grew up saying Appalachia. Um, yeah. I s- don't. I'm not from there, but I'm like at least kind of close to it. The Appalachian. I don't remember. Appalachian how I, Mountains is how yeah. I would say it. Um, but like ends in shun, not Acha. Appalachian. Yeah. I, uh, anyway. Well, this is all to say that... Isn't it terrible that when you try to figure out how you say something, you immediately forgot how words sound? Oh, oh. I mean, that's, very, that's very normal. I think uh, regional dialects and regional pronunciations are fine and good um, and should not be looked down upon. And I understand if you're from that area that you will feel a sense of ownership over your pronunciation of it. Because sure. who would know but a local? Right. Um but also, at the same time, how many indigenous words can we not pronounce correctly? And who's the real local here? <laughs> anyway. That comes up a lot in this that book. That comes up, too. They say the quiet part loud a lot. They really do. So this book was written by Christina Gregory. This is our first repeat author. Yeah, and um, I knew it was her mm-hmm. because, first off, it's heartrendingly sad. Yeah, she, the previous she book not she shy away. read, or she wrote, was the Valley Forge one. Blood Red winter winter of blood red snow (laughs) winter of red snow yeah that one um so that that was exciting uh just to see like what what was she getting up to this time and uh i'm not mad at it at all yeah it's an exciting story i remember i remember this book um i remember liking it this was one of my favorites and also um from my very informal poll of people i know who have also read these books was one of their favorites being about 80 pages in yeah <clears throat> which is what i decided was the middle yeah um, that's about where i stopped too oh good um yeah i i'm very impressed with it so far um oh yeah in case um this matters we are reading the original edition yeah. Because as we discovered, uh, different editions have different page numbers. Yeah, the pagination. So we will try to do our best to to um, post. Uh, Go by date of. Yeah. The yeah. trouble with Sign that is post she doesn't. Things. Exactly. She yes. doesn't always have the day of the week. Yeah. We do start on her birthday. Yeah. I really, um, okay, I really like this first entry uh, because it, it makes, um, so it's her birthday and 
I, I may have two slices of chocolate cake, so I did. After supper, she gave me a blue satin ribbon for my braid. Then when Pa went to bed, she let me unwrap another gift. It was a camisole with matching lace petticoat. Since I'm now 13 years of age, Mom's, Ma said it's proper for me to have... Blah, 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 blah. But um, actually, I did make a notation there. Yeah. It's proper for me to have pretty under things. No. Not old enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I recognize that that's my King Triton moment. You're, you know, I'm 16. I'm not a child anymore for well, a little mermaid. I think that's fair. Yeah, 13 is you your should, child. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't want to hear about your pretty under things. And I don't. Children. And I don't want people thinking like, oh, it's the past. They got married at 13 because they didn't. <laughs> like That certainly wasn't an <laughs> that everyday wasn't common. common experience. No. But we do have in this yeah. book experience. Some teen romances. Yeah. Um. Though, so speaking of this, like I've been doing, um, I've fallen deep down the the genealogy rabbit hole, and I've been doing some family genealogy, which feels so deeply. Oh my God, nerdy. you are so old. I'm so old. You're so I, old. I know. Um, I've never been more pleased for you. Congratulations you. and welcome to the to I have, spinsters. Like we both have partners. Yeah. Like what is a word for an old lady? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we're technically older than spinsters if you go by the, the I don't. stated rules. Right. Um, anyway, so I was I was looking, you know, through past generations of my family, and I was noticing that there's a really solid pattern of getting married around 30. Hmm. And I don't know if that's a cultural thing. I come from a long lineage of Europeans that only recently immigrated to the U.S., but I was like, that kind of flies in the face of, oh, we're getting married as a young teen. And I think it also has something to do with the fact that they're all uh, very, very much in the peasant <laughs> working class. Um, and so they, it doesn't matter to them to make, like, a political diplomatic marriage. Like... Right, or to <laughs> make sure that you have, like, an heir and a spare by yeah. a certain time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. So my family... Mm-hmm. Got married young? Yeah. Mm. Um, and we are resigned peasants. Yeah. Um, I think my grandma was married at either 17 or 18 um, to my grandfather. Mm. Um, my other grandmother got married, I believe, at 21. Okay. Um, which was... I mean, that's pretty... Right. Re- she had a college education and that's, stuff. That's very um, ring by spring of her. Yeah. And you know what? They're all from the South. Um, mm-hmm. So, well, at this, her generation was already living in the North, but the generation previous came yeah. up from Alabama and New Mexico, respectively. Oh. Um, so, uh, Reed's got around. Yeah. That's, yeah, they did. In fact, we Notably. get mentioned. <laughs> we get a mention. We'll get to that. Okay, yeah. So, um, anyway, besides the under thing, so she also gets a journal for her birthday, and then she d- decided that. You know, I'm going to use this blue ribbon to mark the pages. And I was like, this is a very fun, because uh, if you don't... Like a little fourth wall moment. It is, yeah. So uh, if if you don't have the copy of the book in front of you, this book is blue. And it comes with a blue placeholder ribbon, at least the edition that we have. And so I just thought that was a very neat way to tie in the tactile feeling of the book with the story. So it really feels even more like you're reading this journal. Love love it speaking of things that i loved mm-hmm. um admittedly the first entry didn't strike me as anything special but starting at february yeah. 2nd page okay. four um we are burying uncle milton oh yeah this is mom's brother 
And Uncle Milton uh, had fallen off their roof, um, died. In, he was helping the father fix the Classic roof. Uh, farm accident yeah. death. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, <laughs> he dies. They box him up. Mm-hmm. They bury him. Yeah. And as they go... Um, to oh. bury him, the horses tip the wagon that is carrying the coffin. It falls into the river where it is paddled under by a steamboat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I, like, my jaw hit my chest while I was reading this. I was like, wow, this is really happening. Really? Now, what happens is that it allows the the captain of the steamboat feels so bad for, mm-hmm. you know, destroying destroying this coffin and body body. (laughs) to be clear they can't recover it right that is that's that's a viking funeral for them sort of a reverse viking funeral but yes um anyway so the captain's like well i'm i feel so bad i'll take you and your family anywhere you want to go because they live on the missouri river right which is the missouri missouri boonville missouri i'm really trying hard not to make fun of that um, and I'm as a snotty northerner, I'm yeah. gonna fail if you yeah. keep it up. So okay. anyway, so uh, Pa takes this opportunity to decide. You came from the south. You just told me. Yeah, and now I'm a snotty northerner. Yeah. So what must your ancestors think of you? Probably not much. I I, that's the other thing things. I've been. That's the other thing I've been thinking about a lot with doing genealogy is like I wonder how many ways my ancestors ancestors would be disappointed in me. Oh, actually. <laughs> I just refused to die, and from what I understand, a lot of them had that quality as well. That's a pretty well. admirable quality. Yeah, like, just straight-up refusal to give up any any realm that doesn't have Crab Rangoon. Like, yeah. Like, I will not quit this realm. Yeah. Uncle Milton, on the other hand. Right. <laughs> Uncle Milton goes to the great buffet in the sky. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, this allows him to see a pathway forward uh-huh. to taking his family to the jump on point for the yeah which Oregon apparently Trails. he's been really thinking about uh, and, and he makes didn't his... tell mom uh yeah let's get to this because this, this is, is some baloney this is yeah so he he's like yep we're gonna go to independence um where the Oregon trail begins um and Ma's mouth dropped open, but no words came out. She was so mad, I suspect the next funeral will be my pa's. And she does not get over it. No, for like three days. And no, for like months. Like, she's she's still not over it. Oh, that's true. Actually, you're right. She doesn't dance. She won't sing. But yeah. I thought that was also mourning. She kind of becomes more resigned. The, the sisters. Yeah. So, I think the mom might be showing signs of depression following the death of her sisters. The, or not her sisters, her, her daughters. daughters. I was like, what? Um, yeah, so her mom is really going through a lot this whole book. And uh, this but this touches on uh, a thing that has cropped up um, in, in, like, personal life and also, like, in pop culture life where you're just, you hear stories about, like, men who just, like, make these unilateral huge decisions There's a without... great, am I the... Am I the bad person? Yeah, on, on, Post, Reddit. on Reddit, yeah. And so, yeah, it, there's this running theme of like men making these huge decisions and not telling their wives, who are allegedly their partner in life, and then, and then they're confused about why their partner is mad. <laughs> and like for the, like this, but does Ryan Reynolds you? did this to Blake Lively? Oh, yeah, he I didn't hear. bought a sports team. Without, oh, he didn't tell her? And without telling her. Wrexham? He, I don't know. It is. Okay. And 
And he was just like, yeah, she's mad. She's still mad. I'm like, yeah, because you should tell your partner things. <laughs> Dan anyway, tells me I don't he buys him. the paper towels that are a half instead of a I, full sheet. I trust that he would do that. Yeah. Uh, listen, don't. Listen, I might settle for less than I'm worth monetarily, but oh. not in terms of relationships. And that's what's most important. Yeah. Marry up, girls. Yeah. Marry up. Uh, yeah. Don't. I, I think it's really terrible for you to do it in a, in a committed relationship to make a decision like that. Can you and imagine? And not tell that person. I So this, um, this AITA story that mm-hmm. I keep coming across, because various podcasts read them, and yeah, then yeah, I follow yeah. all those podcasts. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm on, on the subreddit. I'm passing judgment. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I'll I'm upvoting. I'm downvoting. Love I'm it. in the weeds. So this one guy decides that, you know, life is too expensive in mm-hmm. the New England town that his wife has lived in her whole life, where they uh-huh. have a house already. Sure. And his mother calls him, is like, a house opened up across the street from us. Come move down here to the south absolutely and he's like well i'm gonna move and my wife can either come with me uh or you know we can divorce i would be like okay file the paperwork baby you can go live with your mother then or i'll divorce you divorce them yeah if that's a question call their bluff no i mean screw that noise yeah if they are the kind of person who would say do it my way or i'll divorce you divorce Divorce them yeah that's not because that well it's not and it's like then if you're using that as an ultimatum exactly. to get your way all the time, then that's not a person you want right. to be with. Or even literally because, once. Right. Because why are you, like, when are you ever going to get your way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. And anyway, we could run Sorry. a whole separate relationship advice podcast. Oh my and Maybe gosh. we will someday. But anyway, Ma is rightfully angry. And uh, I'm glad that the author doesn't just sweep that under the rug. Yeah. But again, <laughs> I do think it's. Not only that Pa made this unilateral decision, mm-hmm. but also the loss of her daughters. Yeah, so we find out that, like, within a year past, like, it, it's happened before the, the events of the book, but, like, within the past year. Yeah. Where we find out that there was this huge sickness that rolled through, and it took two of their children. So Hattie went from being the third child to being the oldest um and that's deeply traumatic for a kid but also as a mother to lose your two children and so part of the the huge reason why she doesn't want to leave is because that's where her children are buried absolutely now that being said her husband pa seems desperate to leave because Mm -hmm. the swampy area that they live in um brings around these fevers uh, yeah this disease well he's reading pamphlets um which are real things um so the and there's like a there's a picture of the pamphlet in the back um but yeah they're they're publishing pamphlets about like how uh rich the land was out west how uh you know advice on traveling the oregon trail and when to go and what routes to take and all these things and he's kind of taken in by them Never trust a man who's taken in by a pamphlet. That's what I say. But uh... Meanwhile, it is some of the richest farming land in the world. That is true. <laughs> um, and the weather is a more lot mild. more mild. Um, I will say, though, my grudge against these pamphlets is that those same pamphlets told people not to come to Michigan because it was a swamp. All of Michigan and, is a swamp. And Michigan is like one of the most diverse agriculture states next to california yes but a lot yeah yeah, we are we are literally number two after california Mm -hmm. um but 
a lot of development had to happen for that to be That's true. true. Michigan That's true. is a swamp. So yeah, you just get a bunch of Dutch people in there. If anybody knows how to control the water. If anyone knows how to resurrect land from water, it's the Dutch. That's true. And that <laughs> um, worked really great for West Michigan. The other thing that I found was funny was uh, another one of his reasons for wanting to move west is that he's saying that it's getting too crowded. Uh, I was like, okay, what is his definition of crowded? So I, I did some research. Um in 1840, uh, the population of Missouri was uh, about 380,000 people, which is the population of Metro Grand Rapids. Right. Um, and the population of St. Louis, Missouri, was about 36,000 people. Um, and so by 1850, it grew to about 105,000 people. So that is a significant jump in that 10 years. Um, so they're right in the middle of that influx of people. Uh, but it put it into perspective a little bit of like... You live in not St. Louis. Right. So the po- what is the population of your town? <laughs> like, I actually have a little bit of research on that. Ooh. Now, Boonville, I don't think, is a real place. Um, however, when we're talking about people leaving in different numbers on yeah. the Oregon Trail for this time period, this is um, 1843 through 1848. Okay. Um, they said that from one small town in Missouri... Mm-hmm. Over one thousand people left. It was like they emptied like out this half one town. Ta- it literally, yes, yeah. yeah. So he's leaving, and this happens in the book as well. They're leaving with everybody they know, right? You know, like the family's like, "We're gonna go. Who's coming with?" Mm-hmm. And that's the way these wagon trains got put together. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of it got outfitted. Can I read you some Oregon Trail facts Please. briefly? Ah, uh-huh. uh, give me some facts. All right. So this one is all about disaster, danger, and hardship. So let me just get to my original. It's got all of its sources. Ah. <laughs> Okay, all right. So, Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail? Now I don't know how to say it. Okay. It was such a popular, um, even pop culture for its time, it was such a popular thing to think about and dream about of this adventure, this new life, that it started uh, making its way into literature, not just pamphlets, but also... Um, articles and things while it was still being actively used. The first time it was written about was in 1849. Hmm. Um, and so that was um, American Historian was writing about this in 1849. Yeah. Between 1840 and 1860, 300,000 to 400,000 used the 2,000-mile overland route to reach the Willamette Valley Puget Sound, Utah, or California. Um, P.S. This is the article Oregon Trail by William L. Lang. Um, I can give you the website I got it off of. It, it's an essay that has a PDF print off. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, the wagons that they went in were mostly converted farming wagons. They got eventually referred to as prairie schooners. Yeah. A schooner is a type of two-masted boat that has white sails. But the, the joke is that tops. they're sailing across the prairie. Exactly. Um, so the wagons themselves weighed 1,000 to 1,400 pounds, but they carried loads of 1,005, I'm sorry, 1,500 to 2,500 pounds, and teams of oxen, at least two, were pulling all that. So we talk about these animals struggling a little bit. 
Um, oxen were the most valuable. Uh, they were less expensive than mules, horses or mules. They were less likely to be stolen. Now, I will say this William L. Lang uh, frequently discusses, he uses the term, he uses a more archaic term for Native Americans. Oh, yeah, so does this book. Yeah, and it just always makes me uncomfortable when it's mm-hmm. in an academic source. I'm like, when was this written? When was it written? Um, you know? It did say, and it wasn't shockingly long ago, like okay. 97. Yeah, the 90s were a very different time. That's true. Um, so, <laughs> These were written in the 90s. <laughs> that's true. Um, so this, um, I thought this was really interesting. Uh, it set a calendar for the different locations along the trail and where oh, you should yeah. be by when. Mm-hmm. Oh, that will come up later. Oh, good. Most <laughs> groups tried... What it... page did you read to? Oh, no, no. Not not on the pages, but like the the Donner Party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's... <laughs> yes. Sorry. Um, this is a little, slightly different. This is all yeah. of it. Uh, most groups tried to set out by mid-April. Their mm-hmm. goal was to reach Fort Kearney. Well, it does... Oh, Okay, hang on. So it does say that because they get to Independence and they're saying we're waiting for the grass to turn green so yep. that the animals can start um, eating, grazing. Also, it's Fort Kearney. Oh, like uh, a because, circus Kearney? Yes, because oh. I have been there. That's cool. my other thing is that I have gone on a couple road trips through Nebraska in my life. There you go. And I have seen Oregon Trail ruts. That. That's so cool. I it would is love very to see cool. that. But I don't think I'm willing to go to Nebraska. Uh, that's okay. You don't have to go to Nebraska because there's other places. That that's can... true. I actually was going to print <laughs> off an article about all the places you can yeah. see. I was trying to find information, and maybe this is something we can ask our expert. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know about the footprint of the trail or like archaeological evidence of the trail. And oh. I don't just mean the ruts. I know the ruts are very but like, famous. But like along the trail. Debris. Sometimes. Detritus. Um, but they are talking about how they change the land as they go. Yeah. Um, so they, I know they ate up through Oklahoma just acres and acres and acres of sod grass that was holding oh. the dirt in place. And that led to the Dust Bowl years. Oh. Because they started taking out all those slow-growing trees uh-huh. and the animals ate things. up yep. the, the deep-growing sod grass. Uh, but anyway, so yeah. Carney is Fort Carney, which is not like what most would think of as a fort. Like it, it was, it was very much just like a posting. It wasn't super well guarded. But um, in the in your when you're driving I eighty, which is essentially the, the Oregon Trail, the Oregon Trail. Yeah. Um, when you're driving through Carney, um, they have the Archway Museum, which I went to, uh, and it is. <laughs> Um, all about the Oregon Trail and westward travel through Nebraska, uh, which is just something that I find very funny when states are like, the, the reason our state is important is because a lot of people just went through it. <laughs> Crossroads of America. Crossroads of America. At Indiana. Looking at you, Indiana. Yeah, that's because nobody wants to stay there. Uh, but they do have... Except for John Green. Oh, yeah, John Green. We love you. Uh, good for you uh, making the case for Indianapolis. You have to forgive uh, our... Michigan snobbery, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's they do. Yeah, have... I actually don't apologize. I've met a lot of people from Indiana, and I stand by it. Yeah, that's true. Um, John Green is your only redeeming citizen. Next so yeah, question: If you have, uh, if you find yourself on I eighty through going through Nebraska, stop you're doing at, the Oregon Trail. Stop uh, at the Kearney Archway Museum. Yeah. 
So get to Fort Kearney. Yeah. Um, now, Fort Kearney apparently founded in 1848, so our Hattie will not see it. Yeah, okay. So that's because I was reading it. I was like, ooh, I wonder if we're going to get any landmarks that I recognize. And she does talk about the Platte River, mm-hmm. uh, which goes right through there. Um, uh, so... But that's about the extent of it. Oh, yeah. she does talk about Chimney Rock, which I don't know if I've seen in person, but I, I but they talked a lot about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've seen it because it was in the game. Oh, okay. And so, like, when I read the word Chimney Rock, I can hear the, like, fiddle music that they play for that. <gasps> oh, the Oregon Trail. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, you want to be in Fort Kearney by May 15th. Okay. Um, Fort Laramie, which is in Wyoming, Laramie, mm-hmm. Wyoming. Uh, by mid-June, yeah, and then you want to hit the South Pass by the 4th of July and Oregon by mid-September. Now, the South Pass, is that where Independence Rock is? Because that's what I heard is that there's a there's a famous rock on, on the way that they called Independence Rock, and it wasn't because of like, oh, we're staking our independence, but it was because you got to make it there by Independence Day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know that. And they would carve their names in the rock. And yeah, which are mm-hmm. a lot of them are still quite visible. Mm-hmm. Uh, tip, tip, tip. Uh, just going through what I highlighted as important. And unfortunately, I liked a lot of this, so I just highlighted everything. You are... The very, worst. You, no, one of your... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, You're the I... worst. How dare you be interested in this topic? But I was, I was going to say that the Oregon Trail is one of your, um, your special interests. Yeah. I know yes. this about you. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Jen had to do a whole other podcast with me where we talked about historic things. And who uh, boy, I spent a lot spent of time, a long on, the time on the Oregon Trail. Can't help it. I am who I am. So what we're saying is this podcast is going to be five hours long. <laughs> Actually, I tried to reel myself in. Oh. I made very minimal book notes so that I wouldn't just highlight every section. Yeah. Uh, so I want you to be proud of me. We are still on page six. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, I do think it's interesting, as we're talking about some of the troubles along the trail, uh-huh. um, the steam stream and river crossings, steep descents and ascents, violent storms, and the persistent threat of disease among large groups of travelers were the most common challenges. Mm-hmm. It is important to note that Native Americans killed about 400 emigrants oh, yeah. before 1860. However, it is noted uh, that emigrants killed many more Native Americans, and yeah. no Native Americans nor emigrants died from violence before 1845. Um, and that 3% of travelers before mm-hmm. 1860 were African American. Wow. I know. That makes sense, though, because... Um, yeah, they were hoping for a better life than... Trying to get out of over slavery. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was a lot of interesting stuff... Um, I did give myself a cutoff here because according to William Lang, the trail in Oregon, um, by the time the overlanders reached Oregon country in present day southeastern Idaho, they had traveled nearly two thirds of their journey. However, the most difficult sections would lay ahead of them. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot to look forward to as we're trucking through this book. And we haven't even left yet. So, uh, yeah, uh, pause reading this pamphlet, uh... The Emigrant's Guide to Oregon and California by Lanford W. Hastings. Um, Which is referenced a few times in these articles, yeah. too. It's a, a document that remains. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they start talking around town. Um, Aunt June and Uncle Tim decide that they are going to join. Um, 
and that makes Ma feel a little better that she's going to have some people that she knows, uh, but she's still mad, and she has every right to be. <laughs> um, uh, oh, and then, uh, yeah, Pa goes on and, and quotes uh, President Polk, saying that it's our manifest destiny. One of the most forgettable presidents. Yeah, I I have a special place in my heart for James K. Polk for very superficial reasons. Please don't cancel me. But in high school, we had, in AP U.S. history, we had a flip book of all the presidents where we had just had basic facts around about them. And my friend Ashra and I would just go through it and we would, every day we would pick what we called the babe of the day. And... <laughs> And we would pick, that is the most classic you thing I've ever heard. And we would decide which president was the most attractive president of that day. Was, yeah, was, Polk is reasonably Polk is attractive. A, Polk is a hottie. You know what I like about Polk? Yeah. He sucked as a human being, but he was only a one-term president. Yeah, James K. Polk knew when to quit. Yeah. Uh, and he started the Mexican War and talked about Manifest Destiny. So I'm so, not making any excuses for right. a guy. <laughs> but I understand. Listen, Alexander eyes, Hamilton, also kind of hot. Dreamy also eyes. horrid. Yeah. That's right. We're in a post-2016 world. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, that just kind of putting us uh, in the mindset of people who are thinking about going west. Um, at the end of that entry, uh, Hattie uh, says that um, I'm now the eldest of the Campbell children. I am 13 years of age and I'm afraid of only four things in the whole world. How cute is this? Number one. Indians, yeah, which is mm-hmm. how she's how it's how they talked about it at the time. How that article talks about it is uh, we don't say uh, we they're not from India, uh, right? <laughs> so uh, Native Americans or indigenous people, yep, are the or better yet, if you can refer to them by their actual tribe, and even better which yet, the book does in a, quite a few yeah. instances. Even better is if you know what they call themselves and not what, you know, what yep. a neighboring <laughs> tribe told some explorers that they were called. The Ojibwa became Ojibwa. the Chippewa, yeah. which, by the way, those don't sound alike at all. Uh-huh. The Navajo versus um, the Diné. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So it's look into it. Uh, look up where, who... Uh, it, like your territory you know what what um the ribbon book club will take a moment to acknowledge that this house is on odawa land yep um and i grew up in upstate new york which was the iroquois nation it was um shoot um so it was part of the iroquois nation which again is a french term um they would have called them haudenosaunee or you know people of the fire so i i can't remember exactly what all, there's a few different tribes there's like the hudson there's the mohawks there um not hudson, whatever um huron. yeah so the the huron michigan native tribes are mm-hmm. also iroquois uh yeah spread and they refer to themselves locally as the anishinaabe yes yeah. I don't know so, if that's true in upstate New York, no, but I it's would not. imagine that Different. it's kind of true. Algonquin. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. sure. So, anyway. Oh, Algonquin Confederacy. Yeah. That, yes, that rings a bell. Sorry, I didn't I didn't look this up ahead of time, so I'm just going off my fourth grade. Right, we're just cuffing it here. <laughs> uh, project. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she's afraid of Indians. Uh, two, copperhead snakes. Three, a toothache. Four, losing my little brothers, Ben and Jake. They're all I got now. Woof. <laughs> Um, sorry, the every so often she lapses into a just darkness. Oh, that's not even it. I was about to be a snot again. Okay, uh, they're all I gots now. 
or she'll be like she'll she'll say things or rather write them and they just set my teeth on edge and it's because it's, of my internalized classicism yeah yeah so it's it's me being a jerk not anything actually being incorrect she's writing in a colloquial um, right. vernacular and in modern day America that colloquial vernacular is not considered the language of prestige which I was taught to emulate at all costs yeah uh, so we have our hang-ups yeah. I have my own hang-ups that one's not it feel free to cancel me over this guys oh, yeah, you would deserve for sure. it oh my god you're so classy I understand so anyways moving on uh, we do get introduced to Aunt June who becomes mm-hmm. a steady character I love Aunt book. June I, her opening like the first time we truly hear June speak mm-hmm. um, she this is on page 10 and we will pick up here um, she is writing uh, that Aunt, sorry Aunt June is not at all sad to leave Boonville she thinks everything is an adventure and I'm writing this in tiny letters so no one can read over my shoulder. She confided to me that the way their brother Milton's coffin went sailing down the Missouri was, quote, splendid, the best amusement in months. <laughs> and right away I was like, oh, I love June. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, another thing I love is that the text on the page gets smaller. Yeah. And she's like, I'm writing this really small so no one can read. <laughs> Yep. So they they spend the next few weeks packing, sewing and cooking and repacking, um, and then they are gonna get on the riverboat called Eliza May, um, and then some. And then she suddenly realizes that like she her best friend Becky she's probably never gonna see again, which is sad. I think I was thinking that this hits a lot of um, um, things that are still true in, in today's like I remember having a very good friend move away when I was young and yeah. just and I and it's true I haven't seen her since and and to at the time I was devastated because I was like I can't imagine life without you and now like I can barely remember her name and so like uh, yeah I'm glad wow. I, I'm glad I moved on but like kid what's gonna happen to us in 12 years oh I will for better or worse I never forget you <laughs> Even if it's because I'm haunted by the memories. <laughs> Me and my hot dogs. <laughs> oh, <God>. Anyway, but yeah, yeah that's, that's a very upsetting. that's a very real kid thing is to have like a really close friend move away. Yeah. So. I, I think it's one of those things you have to go past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have moved a little bit forward in the book, if you okay. don't mind. They're, Fine. they're on the boat. They yeah. they get to where they're going. Let's Everybody's get, yeah, getting let's together. Get, let's get on with it, shall yeah. we? Um, and they have this fear of what happened to the Donner Reed party. Where, uh, where at, are you? Uh, page 16. Okay. So do you want to talk about the Donner Reed party? Uh, not necessarily. Just that there's okay. this fear that leads these people um, to want to push and take chances to get through these yeah. milestones as fast as possible. Because there is no infrastructure for safety where they're going. Yes. So it, it is you know, largely thought that to be safe, you need other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting through the nothingness of the middle of the continent, mm-hmm. which I'm not trying to speak about cultural nothingness. No, just like at the time, they there didn't was have... literally no other people or society. Well, there were people, but there right, wasn't. <laughs> The but they weren't societies that would be able to yeah. understand or and that they you know, didn't trust communicate, to communicate with. with yeah. yeah, 
there was a this is a thing that happens to me every time i go camping which i i'm i'm a tent camping girly um i like a campground with designated spots um so yeah none of that on the oregon trail and and even after a few days of of tent camping and going to the bathhouse to take a shower i'm i still think about like how long it's been since i've been properly inside and (laughs) i just That doesn't happen to me. Yeah, because you don't go camping. Correct. (laughs) I don't want to be like, I'm smarter than you, but I don't go where there's not a screen. What are you talking about? Oh, man. I did go backpacking once, and yeah, that was was weird. Just like walking with with stuff on your back. I don't hate that. I well, I don't. I've never, I've never done, done it. Done it, right? Yeah, no. But I read books about other people who do it. <laughs> yeah, um, I like I like a travel book. Uh-huh. Um, but listen, I, I've read Wild. I have. <laughs> yeah. I read Wild and A Walk in the Woods and Just Passing Through. Though that I did it. I feel uh-huh. like I've walked the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Check. Uh, anyway, um, so I basically know what it's like. <laughs> Yes, but where were we going before? I don't know. Okay. There's not a lot of infrastructure. Can I take you to page 17? There's not like a 7-Eleven. Right, there's nowhere for safety. There's no hospital. There's no yeah. apparent resources. There's no slushies. Right, right. There's not a gas station hot dog anywhere. Am I supposed anywhere. to go someplace where there's not? You have a... to make your own Slim Jims. Ridiculous. <laughs> what am I supposed and to that snap they into? did. All right, so the first in time... In a way, in a way, sorry. Beef jerky is the most classic road trip snack, and I stand by it. It's the best. Yeah, it goes all the way back to 1847, if not before. Probably way before. Probably way before. Yeah, because it's the only if way we to preserve meat. boat trips, road trips, yeah. in principle. Well, also, like, you know, uh, the history of the rest of the world. You know, like, the Silk Road and... Um, oh, I was just talking about like america because that's all that matters 100 percent, (laughs) yeah okay so (laughs) anyway what page do you want to be on i'm 17 really quick because i want to talk about tall joe as a character um i i wrote down characters that i thought were important and tall joe is effectively their coyote he uh a coyote is somebody who leads you like the term coyote is used for somebody who will bring immigrants from south mm-hmm. of the united states into the united states and he's their guide he's their guide their their prairie sherpa if you will sure absolutely um although he's not going to carry their crap a sherpa will carry your well crap. yeah but in the sense that like they I'm with you right know he's done it he's a trapper trader they are to be respected yeah and they put their lives at risk multiple times he's the de facto leader but mm-hmm. and he had some really good pragmatic thoughts and i was like i like this tall joe fella. I, yeah. plus he's a fur trapper and what's my other super big interest my little it's the fur trade it's i do the love trade. the fur and yeah. the ice age i don't know what it is about these three things yeah where does titanic rank on your list because i feel like it's honestly lower than four those. yeah yeah. I really feel like it's higher on my list and lower on your list. So for me, Titanic is too many rich people lived. Yeah. Um, and it's but so... How many rich people died? Not... And that's the important part. Uh-huh. Not enough. John Jacob Astor did, so there's a win. <laughs> um, sorry. Does anybody else hear guillotines? Anyway, I'll calm down. Sorry. Well, welcome to... <laughs> welcome to Leftist Talk with Kate. Um 
<laughs> oh, so uh, my real interest in Titanic is uh-huh. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, and him being into kind of a thick woman, or who at least was considered 90s thick. Please. Kate Winslet was considered fat for the time. Oh, my God. You have to remember, Heroin Chic was in right now, that, right then. Yeah, that's so true. Thank you. But, like, the other fun fact that I remember that makes it even sadder that she was considered fat was that the coat that they had her wear in the sinking scene, um, they purposely sized it up to make her look smaller and more vulnerable, and that coat was a size 6. <laughs> and that tells you everything you need to know about the 90s, doesn't it? Yeah. So anyways, tall Joe. Can you imagine wearing a size 6? <laughs> no. But probably not for the reason you can't. So anyways, uh, tall Joe, uh, as we're first introduced to him, uh, he has a belt with what looks like two b- short brushes hanging with a string of beads. Yeah. Uh, Ma was admiring the beadwork and reached out to touch them when Tall Joe said proudly, Them is scalps, ma'am. Pawnee. <sighs> I, wa- I just want to talk about this briefly because I do think it is important. Yeah. Um, Before you start standing Tall Joe, right, it's important yeah. that we... Uh... <laughs> yeah, let's view him as a whole person. Yeah. Um, so a scalp... For our younger listeners who might not know this, oh is boy. when what a you way to take learn about a, this. Right, a very large knife and remove the scalp of somebody's head as they are usually alive, but not always. Yeah. It was practiced by both Native Americans and white people. Yeah. Um, but eventually there was a no good engine program, which effectively created bounty hunters who were hunting yeah. Native American people for their skin. Uh, they were called Redskins. Uh, and then we named a football team after them. Yeah, well, not anymore. That yeah. football team is, I think, now just nameless. Yeah. Possibly they're called something else. Um, but regardless, that's why we don't say... Aren't they the Washington Washingtons or something like that? I honestly hate that less than everything else. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. My high school recently went through that as well. It's a hard thing. Yeah. Uh, this is the one true advantage about being the Eau Claire Fight and Beavers. Ooh! Yeah. Solid. You can't be canceled for that. Right. <laughs> Right. Beavers can't vote. <laughs> anyway, so if you were... Somewhere some beavers like, my ancestors died by the By thousands. for your tacky hats. For your hats. Oh. How dare you. Tacky hats. Yeah. Let's take that line you again so what? Danny can sub out. I don't know if it's savable. <laughs> it's fine. We'll just put a bleep over it. Um, um, anyway, so we're getting to know the people who are in our traveling group. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to head out. The grass is going to start greening up here. Uh, and we start moving uh, as of uh, mid-April, right on schedule, yeah. uh, uh, you know, according to what we want here. Ooh, I, I highlighted a section from April 12th. Um, Pa says, any day now the grass will start greening, blah, blah, blah. We must be ready to go. Some of the men are trying to pick leaders, but there are so many arguments about who will be the boss and what the rules will be. And I just said, typical. So that actually, it must have been something that was written about in a lot of other diaries it because written? it does come up in both of these articles um, as something that was a trail hazard. And like, Men? I mean, you said it, uh, not me. It is, it is a statistical truth, though, that like uh, your life is more in danger when a man is in charge. <laughs> yes. Because they will take more risks. Well, and that's also true with your surgical team. Yeah. You are female surgeons 90 days out after surgery um, have better outcomes and less death. Yeah. So I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Moving on. 
So we're on the road. We're chewing dust. Uh, and we start to meet some people yeah. uh, who will be Okay, important. but we do... Yeah, so we do have... Um, on April 14th, we're on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she makes a friend, which it's I'm very glad for. She's a couple years older, or one year older. She's 14. Um, and again, we get this very like nice physical description. This calls back... Um, uh, remember when Mem had this like very lovely description of her friend, and I was like, "Yes, are they? Roommates? We're a little gay here. We're all a little gay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually <laughs> I've been keeping track of what um, the values that Ooh. this book is teaching. Yes. Um, and I wrote heterosexuality because all of the relationships that are romantic are heterosexual. Oh, yeah. However, this is the 90s. <laughs> right. As I went back and was reading this, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, there's a little something extra going on with Pepper here. There is a little something. So, yeah, her name is Pepper. Um, with Pepper her Lewis. beautiful green eyes. Beautiful She's green eyes, twin. freckles. And, yeah, her twin's name is Wade. Wade, which was the name of one of my childhood crushes. So, <laughs> I know. Really? I know. It's not, I'm not. I don't even know if I know a Wade. And I am from the dirty south of Michigan. I am from Mississippi. Wade is a very southern name, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. And Maybe I it's just because I know that David is directly descended from General Wade Hampton <laughs> of the Confederate Army. Uh, Cancelled. Cancelled. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, we don't have to dwell on that. But I know, but it's gonna, it's gonna wa- it's going to waddle around it's my fester. brain every now and then. It's going to fester. Um, so, yeah. So, But what she says that I liked... Um, was that when I told her I'm scared of Indians, she said, don't worry, Hattie, there's probably plenty more good Indians than bad. So this She's got a good head on her shoulders. She's got a good head on her shoulders. And I'm thinking about this in the context of the other books that we've read. So um, other books that we've been on thin ice in regards to race relations. Yes. First book, uh, you know, Mayflower. But we saw men be very curious and ultimately friendly curious with, not judgmental with native americans and she befriended them knew their names like treated them like people treated them like pe- i thought that was very well done yeah um and then we had uh on the opposite set uh, end of the spectrum um when will this cruel war be over where um emma is just i'll never forgive that book for being so awful that was the worst book by far we've read they're just like tables and chairs oh i I never considered they'd have feelings um so yeah and i'm I'm finding where this book is gonna walk that tightrope and so far i'm glad that like it's taking the road of like oh, we're doing historical accuracy, so it would be, you know, impractical if if I was just not at all afraid of them. But I think it's 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 finding that, that line where it's like she's heard stories of, like, the dangers out west, which, right. like, people were telling at that time. Absolutely. So it's accurate that she might have had those fears. But she's also having pushback against it from people like Pepper, who's like, hey, I bet there's also normal people amongst them who are good. And I think that's an important part that was very much missing from Emma's story was that intellectual struggle about her own prejudice. Well, and that is actually one of the things I wrote down Mm -hmm. as um, the values that are being taught in this book. Yeah. Um, So there's this great quote from later than we are now, but... um, mom says a thinker is somebody who can change their mind yeah so i really like that um i also really enjoy speaking as a bit of a pragmatic Uh i like all the pragmatism that is being highlighted and raised up Mm -hmm. in this book 
um, the the way the pioneers make do. Yeah. You know, like they don't have what they need, so they're going to find something Ooh, yeah. else. We'll, we'll learn about some fun uh, trail tricks and tips. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, there is a lot of uh, family and maternal protectiveness mm-hmm. um, that I think is an important thing to this character. Yeah. Uh, along with her bravery. Yeah. Like this genuinely took guts in many, many ways. Yeah. Um, and then be able to change your mind, be willing to share, and mm-hmm. shoot your shot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so she's she's Those learning a lot, and I think I think that's a very important mechanic in a, or literary device that the author is using is to like have historical accuracy, but also keep in mind that you are writing for a young audience and you're trying to instill and encourage certain real pragmatic lessons that young people today can take in absolutely that is the purpose of young literature mm-hmm. you know we are teaching lessons to our children with the yeah, stories I think that that's we tell what them barry denberg didn't understand in his first book we'll see if he gets better do we have to we will all right because <laughs> well, he's he pops up again and again uh anyway so, so speaking of pragmatism and shooting your shot, I want to talk about April 27th, which is a Tuesday. Okay. We are on the road and we're about to cross the Big Blue River. Ooh, yes. Our first water crossing. Um, this was, uh, speaking of the Oregon Trail game, <laughs> this was probably my least favorite part of it because it was just a gamble. Um, you're just like, do you want to ford the river or do you want, do you want to pay the ferry or do you want to just try and go on your own? I admittedly never once in my literally hundreds of times I played that game, Uh never once paid anybody for no stinking ferry. You would. (laughs) Uh, especially because I used that game as an important coping device. Mm -hmm. Um, anytime I got mad at the children (laughs) in my life, my cousins and my sisters, um, I would buy zero provisions in independence i would buy i would make the the oxen run and uh we would not ever stop for water or hunting and uh as everybody died and i would write that i would write them crappy little epitaphs on the side of the road died from being a i think i beeped it it's all right Okay. Um, Danny add an extra beep. Right, right, right. Danny definitely add an extra beep to that. Um, So I would kill them on purpose in this like little passive aggressive make believe place. I love Um, how games as a child always bring out your statistics sense uh, uh, because there's that. There's um, Sims, Sims, which to this day has just. God, I love so many people. Just yeah, just put make it a pool and having someone get in the pool and then taking away the ladder. Yeah, they're like, "What am I gonna do now?" (laughs) Your Sims too dumb to figure it out. (laughs) Uh, They are now smart enough to be able to get out of a pool without a ladder. So the solution is you just build a fence around it. (laughs) Well, there you go. Um, Yeah. So it's important that you still have a way to kill people. Yeah. Anyway, Um, it's just it's important that kids have this opportunity to do it. In the digital space. Right. So, so they're that not they doing anything actually... wild out in real, real, real life. Yeah. As we'll learn from this book. Right. To segue back into it. Um, just briefly, I the, the reason that I wanted to highlight this page yeah. is that Tall Joe, everybody's saying, hey, we're too tired. Oh, it's yeah, the end yeah. of the day. Um, the river is low now. 
Um, it'll probably still be low tomorrow, basically, is what they're saying. And Tall Joe is like, no, we are going to cross now, even though we are tired. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is that shoot their shot This is moment. why you bring a someone like Tall Joe with you on the Oregon yeah. Trail, because he knows that it could change that Absolutely. quickly. The river is low now, um, but it might change overnight, no telling. Um, come tomorrow morning, after the animals have rested, they're going to be so frisky, they'll be harder to force into the water. Mm. So it's better that we just go now. You gotta keep them tired and compliant. You know? <laughs> um, so that comes up a couple times, is like how deciding how to ford these Mm-hmm. Um, rivers and we do see quite a bit of drama with the rivers yeah. which is also oh, true in the games uh, speaking of uh, what I was talking about uh, being reckless online versus in real life at the bottom of that page uh, we see some uh, the first mention of some boys being very reckless oh my goodness uh, I could several, not believe this whoa, several boys on horseback are whooping and yelling as they ride across their rifles were, uh, they have yeah they're, they're they are riding around on the horses are just I don't know, um, with rifles, and they are shooting them, um, and someone uh, someone goes and takes the rifles away, um, so they wouldn't shoot anyone by mistake, and that's foreshadowing. (laughs) A couple of times. Mm -hmm. That's an issue, and that actually comes up in the Dangers of the Trail article as well. Yeah. They talk about accidental discharge from munitions and... Which is still a very common problem. <coughs> Absolutely. So, we don't have to get into the political aspect of the Second Amendment, but if you do have guns, keep them away from children. It's that simple. They're like, that should be common knowledge. <clears throat> um, Sorry, I jumped ahead too many pages. Um, What page are you on, dear? Well, I just made a note. On, the next day, they do for the river... And she she goes into a very long um, kind of exciting description of the tension of it, and I, I just for a moment was taken out of it by the mere fact that we're only like a sixth of the way through the book, and I was like, well, she's not gonna die. Right. <laughs> They'll probably be all right. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, they it's it's a little you know the current is, it gets a little tricky and. Uh, some of the oxen are struggling, but and they they tip over, but and and water gets through the the you know wagon, but they eventually get it figured out. Do you get stressed out? So she mentions that you know sometimes she worries about the animals being able to swim. Yeah, I have felt like that since I was a little kid. Anytime I see horses having to like force a go across a ford a river, yeah, uh, I get really stressed out. Those poor horses. I know they didn't ask for this. They didn't ask for this. And then afterwards, you never see anybody like toweling off their horse to make yeah. sure they're warm and dry and okay. Give that horsey a blanket. I recognize that this is a little crazy of me. No. Okay. Good. I'm a I'm a recovering horse girl. I also don't like in battle scenes where they make the horses fall over. Those are all CGI. All of them? All the ones that fall over are CGI. In battle, anyway. Like, you can't train a horse to, like... Like, okay, so, um, in the... Wait, can I first ask the, your sources? How do you know? Um, the Lord of the Rings appendices. I uh, knew that. I knew it. Which, I knew it. That's what this was going to be. This is which. Lord of the Rings stuff. <laughs> Welcome to Lord of the Rings Corner. Uh, the part of the podcast where I... Shout Lord of the Rings facts at me. Okay. Against uh, her will. Eleven um, years our friendship has been, just so you know. I've been counting the days. And you very graciously watched all the movies with me. All of them? I feel like I, I blacked we, out for I think at least we made it through all of them. Um, 
So in the appendices, which I didn't make you watch, um, you will learn that... No, don't say will. You you will learn that Viggo Mortensen's horse for the movie... He loved the horse. He kept the horse. Well, that's not the fun fact. But, uh, and he, the horse was trained to, like, do that stunt where uh, Aragorn is in the river and the horse, like, finds him and, like, lays down next to him and he, like, like grabs the horse and gets on and then goes to Helm's Deep. But, yeah, that it took, like, months to train that horse to lay down next to this actor without crushing him. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it takes a lot of training to desensitize horses to film sets and stuff. Um, so they also did a whole training montage with all the horses where they would, like, run through or they would walk through, like, a whole course and they had, like, terps and things and, and they had to, like, with the ride like banging and making that noises. would like scare them yeah but when they filmed um the big battle scenes they would have all of the like hundreds of extras with horses who were all women because horse women girls have horses, on horse yeah. girl. yep. um and they would be in these huge like channels <laughs> like 20 to 30 feet apart from each other and they would run in channels across the field and then the stunt guys who were dressed up as orcs or whatever they would be like in between these like in the middle and they would be like you know falling over and like you know playing it and then they would force perspective it's perspective and then they would fill in and post the cgi horses that are falling and you know Good. Being crushed and all that, so that makes me feel better about the no whole horses thing. were harmed in the filming of that that I'm aware of. Better be that way. Yeah. Um, this yeah. concludes Lord of the Rings corner. <laughs> For me, my horse swimming stress was definitely from the movie City Slickers. Okay, I'm um, unfamiliar with that production. Yeah, that's because so, I'm older than you by a lot. Not a lot, like. Two, three years? <laughs> no, it feels like a very significant two or three years. Yeah. What page are you on? I do have strong little sister energy. Um, You're a little sister twice over, so... Yeah. Five times, or four times now, if you what count... What are you talking about? <laughs> if you count... You have... you. I have two birth siblings. Yes, and then they married people. And they married people, yeah, but... But you're still the little sister to all of I'm them. I'm the little sister. Yeah, you're right. So then there you go. Okay. What am I talking about? Basic math, Jeffrey. But I I met them as adults. We don't have the same kind of dynamic. I'm sure not. Literally, what page are you on? uh, Right now, 30 and 31. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. This is where everything breaks bad. (laughs) Okay. Not in that way. But things go horribly wrong. So, um... uh, Oh, and the page before, she's making pancakes. uh, And... She goes oh, to stream, cakes. yeah, to fill my picture. But when I returned to camp, the batter was black with mosquitoes. I started to dump it in the dirt, but Aunt June uh, put her hand on my arm. Hattie, we, she said, don't waste. Just stir them up good. <laughs> the griddle's hot enough to cook them through and no one ever died from such. Uh, and so that's... I love Aunt June. I love Aunt She's June. She's a great character. And and so that's how we find out about the trail, one of the, the recurring uh, trail uh, themes of Skeeter Cakes. Yeah. But again, pragmatism, making do with yeah. what you have. A little extra protein. Um, in that same section, they find out that they were sold meat that wasn't properly preserved. Ooh, yeah. And so were a bunch of other families. So they, they share. 50 pounds. That's quite a meat. lot. But listen, all you got to do 
is you got to go out to the plains with your rifle. And right. you got to shoot you a I don't like stop that. Buffalo. Don't do that accent. <laughs> that feels... This is what I did in the Oregon Trail oh. game. You didn't just use you it go, to murder people passive-aggressively? hunting. I did enjoy the hunting sequences. <laughs> I'm not a hunter in real life, but in Oregon Trail, I shot every Did you know thing. our friend Megan's a hunter in real life now? No. She goes deer hunting and turkey hunting. Fascinating. I know. I want her to get me a turkey so I could smoke it. <laughs> and also venison. Okay. I'll smoke that too. All right. Um, yeah. So that's that's how I spent my time in my youth. Yeah. That's a good So I, like all in all, yeah, it sucks. But I'm thinking, listen, you just got to get out of there. Just got to get out there with your rifle. <laughs> just shoot you some buffalo. And that is how the buffalo nearly went extinct. Also, fun fact, they're not actually buffalo. I feel crazy right now. They're bison. They're not buffalo. Buffalo is a separate species of animal. Okay. That's not Do native. Do they both live in America? No. No, buffalo is not native to North America. It's native to, like, Africa, I think. Okay. I wrote it down in a note somewhere. I can, I can, so, like, for me, buffalo, that's not yeah, bison. Buffalo, New York. Would, well... <laughs> Also that. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean... Um, oh, water buffalo. Water that's, buffalo. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what that's makes a me real, think of. That's a real buffalo. Uh, so, okay. These All are right. bison. Bison. Um, <clears throat> this is ridiculous. Um, so Aunt June is pregnant. Mm. We learned that along the trail. She will have her baby before uh, we get to Oregon. Yeah. Hellscape. I just wrote hellscape. I mean, can you imagine? I cannot. There was already another woman who gave birth. Like right, she has already. the baby on the steamship, and they name it after the steamship. Yes, which thankfully had a girl's name. <laughs> yeah, thank heavens it wasn't named something like I don't know, Dusty Canoodle. Yeah, I, w- I was trying to think of something too, and I yeah, I just came up with silly, silly words. Dusty Canoodle. Um. Ooh, we meet Mrs. Kenker. Oh. Mrs. Sticky Fingers herself. Mrs. Sticky Fingers. She's going to be a problem. She is going to be a problem. She steals mucho. So she is... I wonder if she'll have a redemption moment or not. Um, we'll see. So she's, she's introduced as this kindly old lady. Um, and (laughs) write this down in your list of lessons to be learned that, uh, not every older, older person is correct. Yeah. Yeah. She (laughs) starts off by pocketing one of the silver spoons. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, this, um, as we were taking down our tent, Mrs. Kanker came down to check on Aunt June. So sweet and gentle-like, she lay her hand on my, my aunt's forehead and kissed her cheek. Then just as smooth and quiet as you please. That's a stranger kissing you and fondling your forehead. Because apparently pregnant women are public property. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole separate issue. But yeah, mm-hmm. she quick quiet as you please. Mrs. Kenker reached into her cooking box and slipped one of Ma's silver spoons into her apron pocket. And then Hattie is like, watch this broad. Well, she, yeah, she sees everything. But she's like, do I tell Ma? Because Ma's already mad, still mad right. about having to come on this trip. And she's like, I don't want to upset her even more. But then... This becomes, it gets worse. It gets worse. Yeah, and then she, she steals can't tell anyone. dishes. She steals a shawl. A shawl. Somebody's blue mm-hmm. shawl. Uh, oh, the mother of a woman who is, she, like, it's a lady who is in mourning. This blue shawl gets left behind and mm-hmm. she takes it. Yeah. Um. So we we meet the Kenkers. Uh, we meet Wade, Pepper's yeah. brother, who tells us a dirty joke too dirty to write <gasps> down. 
Oh my god. Page that was 36. Another delightful part of this book. Sorry, Loved. I just keep finding other things that I want to talk well, about. I know, there's I, so much. I really tried to cut down. You're being so much better than I am, as always. But yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, anyway, Wade. Historically, in our podcast, you are the one being like, pick up the pace. So. Oh, just because I get bored after 45 minutes. Which is good. It's good to have a sense of pacing <laughs> in a podcast. Uh, so, yeah, Wade um, tells her a joke. Oh, I, I I wrote a note that when I, like, initially turned the page, I saw these X's. And I it gave me a jump scare because I was like, what is happening? <laughs> um, but it went like this. And then it's just one, two, three, four, five, and a little bit lines of X's. And underneath it, it says, Aunt June saw over my shoulder while I was sitting after supper and said that I must not repeat such, such naughty jokes and that I best cross it out before Ma sees. But I still think it was funny. I desperately want to know what the joke was now. <sighs> I think it's one of those cases, though, where it's like, it wouldn't, it's never going to be. probably not funny it's now. It's never going to be as good as it is in your imagination. Yeah. And so it's just best not to have Meanwhile, it. I do know so many dirty jokes. I'll happily yeah. tell you one later. Yeah. Um, and then we get into one of my other special interests. Yep. The Mormons. The Mormons. Yeah. So we're on. We're in the Platte River Valley, which is, I mean, Platte River Plains. It's the Plains. It's not yeah. a valley. Um, which I. But I think seen. it's called the Platte River Valley on the game. Oh, okay. So the Platte that, like, River came from, from is somewhere. like a notoriously gentle, flat river. Um, it's very shallow, very slow moving. Um, and right around is very lush and green and flat. So it's perfect for traveling. It like dumps but... into Illinois, right? And it like goes west for a long time. Yeah. So. So they could just follow it. It's a perfect like Almost to the finder. continental divide. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we are learning about the Mormons. They're Mormons from Illinois, Tall Joe reports. Um... And then he says the name, their leader is the big fella named Brigham Young. Yes. So that tells us that this is after the shooting at Nauvoo, Illinois, uh, when the Mormons start moving west out to Salt Lake City under Brig- Brigham Young's jurisdiction. Yeah. You must lead the people, people now, my, my good, good friend, friend Brigham Young. Actually, they hated each other. They did not oh, always get man. on. There was a lot of struggles for power within. Oh, shocking. I know. Um, yeah, so that is a... <laughs> we're singing from the Book of Mormon, which is an Hilarious. adult show. Um, but very good. Yeah, take your kids to it. Eh, okay. Um, yeah, so this... this I did not clock any of this as a kid, because I didn't really right, know much about not. the Mormons. You hadn't really probably started watching South Park, because everything I know about Mormons, I have almost exclusively learned from Trey Parker and Matt Stone. From South Park writers and um, uh, MLMs. Oh, and there's an overlap, lap, overlap, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we find out that the Mormons are coming from Illinois, and they are going to the the valley of the great salt lake to start a colony um yeah but they they won't like travel with this wagon trail because they're too good so they well like, it's they... also that they right like they've been chased since that's New York. true they probably don't trust outsiders it's well they know that they won't be welcomed yeah um with and... their crazy ideas of polygamy, polygamy yeah uh, <laughs> um and that these people don't want yeah. this large group of men mixing with their girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
We don't have to get too deep into Mormonism, but yeah. It, Can we just discuss how there's like almost right away a uh, MLM <gasps> type there? enterprise? That ferry that the Mormons set up in a oh, couple pages. Well, but I just think it says something about Mormon culture. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we got to turn a buck, though, since we've got 45,000 kids to feed. Doesn't someone in in this wagon train decide to do that, too, at some point? Um, pa admires it right away. Yeah. He's like, oh, I admire their enterprise. Oh, it's very capitalist of them. Um, so well, I do Pa's talk- also the manifest destiny guy, so... <laughs> All right, I want to go to page 41 and okay. discuss what I think is the most horrible event of this book so far. And there have already been a couple oh, casual deaths. Yes, yes. Yeah, this- also we we completely glazed over. There's like a pair of twins. There's a lot of twins on this trip. There are. Um, But one set of... They get swept of, away. They, I think it was when they were... Was it when they were fording the river? Yes. Yeah, they got swept away and they got lost. And so their family decided to stay and look for them. Yeah. And they still have not been seen, right. as far as we know. Like, who knows what actually happened to the twins, but, like... Hopefully we find out someday. But periodically, Hattie is like, I wonder if it's... She thinks the Mormons initially are this family right. who... She's like, hopefully they're country back up with us, and it's, it's not. not them, yeah. Um, I hope that they got the twins and then decided to just not keep right. going. Like, this is obviously a bad sign. We're going to go back to Boonville <laughs> or wherever yeah, they were from. Or we could just stay there, you know? Probably like, from Wisconsin. They could yeah. just go back to Wisconsin and be fat and happy. Exactly. Um, so the family that has the little girl, Eliza mm-hmm. May, on the steamship, she has like five siblings that are all named yeah. after trees, including little Cassia, which mm-hmm. is a tree. Um, and Cassia takes a big liking to Hattie and Pepper. talking about cutting up potatoes and onions, and it makes me so hungry every time. Oh, I'm so excited that you're hungry. Yeah. Because just, I'm going to feed the just, business out of you. Oh, I'm so excited. But, like, yeah, they said, oh, we collected some potatoes and onions and rosemary. And I was like, ah, say no more. Right. That's a feast right there. You don't need anything else. Yeah. So, so she's slicing up parsnips, and Cassia comes up, and I gave her a couple bites. A parsnip is like a white carrot. It's a. It looks like a carrot, but it's pale. It's a root vegetable. It yeah. is a ry- a root vegetable, not a rhizome. Ginger's a rhizome. It doesn't matter. I'm the only one who cares. Let's keep going. <laughs> yep. So what we discover, um, well, all of a sudden, this big shout goes up where they were. They oh. these girls had been cooking dinner. Uh, they go back to make pies, and this big shout goes up. It take it took about an hour. Lying in the dirt by the kettle where they were cooking these vegetables were three boys. They were shaking and twisting and foaming at the mouth and gasping for breath. When we saw that one of the boys was Wade, Pepper and her mother ran with their hands in the air, crying out his name. Such was my hurry that I jumped down from the seat and my skirt swept the pie crusts off down into the dirt. So there's some waste. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh. We find out that nobody, you know, they all start shouting, don't anybody eat anything, don't anybody eat anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start looking at what Hattie had been cooking because she and Pepper were the ones who had been cooking that night. Yeah. Can you imagine laying this on them? The author this choosing is... to make it them? I know. So what <laughs> happens is they did not know the difference between water hemlock and parsnips, wild yeah. parsnips. Um, and wild is wrong because it would have been parsnip seeds dropped by travelers who came through mm. earlier mm-hmm. um but anyway water hemlock is poison all hemlocks are poison um and um two of the boys die outright um so like hattie has effectively 
like killed right or manslaughter it's, it's manslaughter involuntary manslaughter right she didn't mean to it was completely it was you know, death by accident for sure but, uh, uh, but like it's a pretty heavy thing to lay on somebody on page 44 on a 13 year old right yeah she just killed somebody and one of the people she was kind of sweet on mm, well he's not dead right right right, right. he's basically in a coma uh-huh yeah he's uh and he's having seizures in the coma oh so that's both of my special interests special interests yeah well i do, i'm not this i'm not the shape you didn't human. choose to have that <laughs> right i don't have epilepsy but somebody no. else very close to me does yep so uh yeah so that was that's just horrifying isn't that awful mm-hmm. and like you know uh, that sort of oh she's, and also it's not just the two boys we find out on the next page that they couldn't find cassia yes and she is she, also dead yep so she yeah two bites i sobbed it was only two bites three graves are being dug by the side of the trail and the younger boys died 30 minutes after becoming sick wade hasn't woken up yet like it's it is interesting though that they knew in 1847 to crush up charcoal and put it into their bodies yeah Charcoal is wonderful for absorbing poison. My sister ate a bunch of cigarettes when she was a kid. My parents oh, don't smoke, but they were... they were... She, did she think they were candy cigarettes? Honest to God, I think it was malicious. Oh, okay. Somebody who didn't like kids screaming fed them to her. <gasps> so when Maggie was like two, she had to have her stomach pumped and oh, they had to force I didn't know feed her charcoal. Awful. She was a baby. <gasps> um, and so my parents quit that job soon afterwards. Uh, my mom just opened a daycare so that she could make sure her kids weren't being force-fed cigarettes. Horrible. Yeah. Wow. I don't know the exact details. Sharon doesn't like to talk about it. Uh, understandable. Yeah, especially because Maggie was their eldest child. Yeah. And she just started was. barfing. Right. No, she's still... <laughs> she's <right>. dead now. <laughs> Listen, don't joke. No. <laughs> um, so, moving forward from this tragedy scape... Yeah. It's not a Dear America book for that. Oh my gosh. But this one really, like, that really upset me. And maybe it's because of the food thing. Everyone says I'm not to blame, but I still feel dead inside. Yeah. I mean, this is why I am the way I am. Yeah. Just a haunted shell of a person. (laughs) Well, is this also why you're afraid to cook? (laughs) No. (laughs) That's just me giving Jen a hard time. No, I fully forgot about that. Um,. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I just remember this whole book series being, on the whole, pretty depressing. Yeah. And but on the whole, history, pretty depressing. Pretty depressing. It, it really prepared me well. I think it prepared me, like, better than some folks. Um, I want to say white men. <laughs> <laughs> that, listen, it's a, it's a well-known thing in the history field that, like, if you are super happy and proud of your past. Oh, yikes. You are just not looking hard enough. Um, and I think there's a very a strong tendency when you are used to the history that you are interested in being the story of heroic military exploits. Mm-hmm. Uh, that... <laughs> You need some adjusting. Um, and so I think this gave me a lot of perspective of like, you know, things went bad. Yeah. Things, things, were, not, were, things were not you great don't the wanna, whole time. You shouldn't want to live in the past. I mean, I still do. I want to visit. I want to try on the clothes. Can I don't want to live there. I, I, I would die yeah. in the past, right? We would like, all die. I rely on yeah. robots to stay alive. Yeah. 
Um, literally. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I understand mm-hmm. that life better than this life sometimes. Like, and I'm not getting trad wife on you here. I am giving you some hard looks right I now. I understand. <laughs> it's it's just that I understand the, like, I understand how things work there. Right? But do you? Like, I think that's, like, I think. Water come down, sluice, turn wheel, make wheat. Yes, I get that. <laughs> it's that simple machine life that I crave. Yeah. I don't understand how the internet works. But we don't Nor have do to. I care to. Yeah, but. Don't you feel like we should? Listen, the internet works because there's ghosts in the wires. <laughs> it's just a series of tubes. Don't worry about it's it. It's a series of tubes that go bleep blorp. Here's some facts about the Oregon Trail. But like you also had, you know, slightly more reliable information. Yeah. Um, and No, I, you didn't. In the past, having more reliable information. Mm. Do you remember the quality of, of journalism back in the day? You're right. I take back that statement. I retract that. You're right. I'm going to extra sketch that from my brain let's just take a moment and remember i'm just sick of everybody lying to me all the time with the internet that's really what it is everyone lies to you on the internet but everyone really lied to you in in newspapers in the past there was no such thing as journalism ethics yellow journalism look it up you're correct you're correct (laughs) that's how the mexican war happened oh my god james Uh, k polk um wade wakes up oh Oh, wait, okay, Wayne wakes up, but also, there's another fella. Yeah. Gideon? Gideon. Isn't he a cutie patootie? Gideon is introduced as a romantic uh, prospect for our friend Pepper. I think it's really interesting that I think in just about every book, almost, except for our our least favorite, um, it's been typical that there is a romance... Not with the protagonist, but with her older friend or sister. I was thinking about the pragmatics of that. Yeah. If you have to write for a young adult audience. Yeah, who shouldn't be having romantic interests at this age. Well, you can listen. 13 is is where Leonardo DiCaprio went pretty far. Okay, but that was... In your brain. In your brain. Right, but imagine you gave somebody their first girlfriend or boyfriend at 13. That's not crazy. That's not crazy. But you have to describe then this little girl getting kissed and how she feels about it. That and, is uncomfortable. Right? Exactly. That's not fun for anybody. And she, to be clear, she does have a crush on Wade. Like, she does talk I about I think she it. also has a crush on Pepper, and good for her. Good for her. Yeah, she's into a certain thing, Poor and they twins. No lows does. <laughs> to be interested in twins. Are you talking right now? <laughs> twins, Basil. Okay. All right. Okay. She reminds me of a certain other uh, character that we know, Lizzie, who also couldn't choose between twins. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're two sides of the same coin. Morgan, all those stars. So Gideon. Gideon, and he's is... too shy to live. He's, and he's, he's so, so precious. He's too 
Oh, oh my God. He okay. sees their ankles and he blushes. After supper, Gideon came over to where Pepper and I were sitting. So this is probably not the first time he's been introduced, but this is the first time we're talking about it. Yeah. Um, he nodded to me and then looked shyly at Pepper. Won't you please dance with me? Oh my God. Ah! Doesn't that make you just want to kick your feet in ah! the air? Like, ah! Teen romance. I love a sweet boy. Age of, well, okay, wait. Hey, he is like 17. Right. So... My young friends, if a 17-year-old is like, hey, won't you come this dance with me a as a 14-year-old? No, pause, honey. Pause. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, this is this is like you. Oh, as you this say, is us. Pa- you're not yeah. pausing me. Pause. Sorry. Oh, again pause. with the eye contact. Um, <laughs> I won't look at you ever again. Um, No. Yeah. It's. Uh, don't. Uh, no, babies. You're no not babies. mature for your age. No, He's just a loser. Yeah. He's a loser who can't get girls his own age. Yeah. It, that, that, and that actually applies to 50-year-old men who are oh, trying to date 30-year-olds. Oh, yeah. And it applies to 60-year-old men who there are trying to is, date 20-year-olds. So three years in teen years is a lot. So much. Oh, my so gosh. Much. It grows so much. It's, it changes over time. Three years when you're in your upper 20s and beyond, not a big deal. Yep. Um, we're friends. Right. You're, you can be friends with people older than you. Um, I'm so much older than Jen, guys. You're not. I'm um, like a solid 90 years older you are, than Jen. Yeah, 90,000 years. You were an eldritch beam Wouldn't who, that, who lived actually, beyond time. Well, hang on. I kind of like that. <laughs> okay. I'll keep that. Welcome to my podcast with me, a regular human woman. and no, I wouldn't go that far, would the, you? Well. With you. Genetically. Haunted husk of a woman. <laughs> Self-described haunted husk. Self-described haunted husk of a woman and her good friend, uh, an eldritch being beyond time. Yeah. That seems about right. Who refuses to die or... Yeah. Because you're unkillable. Right. As it turns out. Um, So, what page are we on? I'm so sorry. You've walked a thousand worlds. Oh, I definitely thought you were going to break out into, I would walk five hundred. Sorry. Okay. Well. That's a great song. So Gideon's cute, but Gideon's a little too a old. Gideon's a cutie patootie. But yeah, a little too old to be here. But uh, it's fine. In the middle school. You know what? I will allow it because it could be way worse. And he is very shy and cute. Yeah. So begrudgingly, I am not going to cancel him. He seems like what I would call a late bloomer. Yes. However, I also don't, She, you know, we do, she gets married. Okay, yeah, that's gonna. Be, um, that's like what's on the next page. Oh, is it? It comes up pretty quick. It comes. It does. Yeah. So, I went from like meeting Gideon to watching him marry our girly yeah. girl. Well, but there's there's some lead up to it. Let's let's do yeah. some building. Let's do some ground. Well, actually, I really are we at that in the book? Where are we yeah. on the pages? We're we're so we're you know Gideon's asking her to dance, and then and then we have Hattie being like, I wish Wade was well enough to ask me to dance. Much more appropriate age difference. Yeah. Only one year. One year. Um, so, and they're, they're, they're just doing their thing. They're living. They're, they, they draw out hemlock so that they know not to, not to eat that. Yeah. Uh, they also f- encounter uh, a tribe of Native Americans um, camped nearby, and she feels very nervous. Uh, but then some women come uh, holding their hands out, talking in their language. Um, uh, one of them wore a basket on her back with a baby inside. Uh, a dark-haired baby with dark, quiet eyes accepted Ma's corn cakes without smile. 
I asked Tall Joe why they was begging. They ain't begging, he said. Indians are hospitable people, and if they was passing through our land, they'd give us a gift. They're just asking for ours. Um, and so this uh, this passage, I think, was very important to lay the groundwork of uh, Hattie's personal growth. Yeah. Um, you know, she's, she's saying, well, they look like beggars to me, but they are not making trouble. Um, matter of fact, one of the women did something real oh, nice. I loved this part. She saw Mrs. Anderson, who is the poor woman who's all of, essentially all of her children have died, um, uh, off by herself crying and walked over to her with a square of deer skin the size of a plate on it with several chunks of cooked meat. Um, she picked up a piece and put it to Mrs. Anderson's lips, nodding for her to eat. The woman then pointed to the little Anderson girls playing. Okay, so the girl there, she does have some surviving children. Yeah. Um, and the, the tree kids. Yes. Hazel, so, Holly, yeah. Laurel, Olive. Um, but Cassia is not with us anymore. Yeah. Eliza Bay is, though. Yeah. So, yeah, so we have this this kind of, you know, sweet encounter with these women who are being generous, but also saying, like, this is our cultural practice. And Tall Joe takes the time to explain it, which, good for him, despite his scalps on his belt. Uh, um, I know. We have to view them as whole people. Yes. Um, Which I have to do with more people than I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was, I'm, I'm very glad that this is included. Where you can see that Hattie's still not quite over her prejudice and and fear, but she is learning. She's in her growth moment. She's in her growth moment, yes. Um, what, what page number are you on, dear? So that was 52, so we can okay. move on from that. Um, oh, she could... She goes swimming and their clothes start floating away. But did you notice that they take time to look under the water at each other's bodies? Yeah. Little bisexual. I mean, it's just, it's a part of being a preteen and you're learning about yourself and others. Um, I think it's very common. Yeah. And I think it's, it's sweet that it's put in there, not as like a shameful thing, but as a like, we're getting, we're just. Yeah. Curious kittens. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be gross and shameful, your body. Right. Okay. And when we create shame around bodies, mm-hmm. it produces behavior like this where you have to seek out seeing somebody else's body to understand your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's perfectly fine and innocent and consensual, and sometimes it's not. Yes. You know, yeah. that's, that's, something that's the danger. That you should definitely be aware of with young people is like, talk to them about the, their own bodies yep. and what is normal and what is okay absolutely and what is not normal <laughs> neither of you neither you nor i have children but here we, we are have a lot of opinions pa- parenting advice we have a lot of opinions <laughs> about how you should be raising your children 100 um, so you said you were on 52 dear yeah I'm, I'm moving on um i got pedantic about uh bison um <laughs> Do, 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 do. Oh, and there was a, just like a brief moment on page 55 where she's like, man, it's so much work to like unpack everything, make camp for the night, and then immediately pack it all back up to move on the next day. Like, man, that sounds exhausting. Yeah. It, well, all of this, I think the author really does a great job laying out exactly how soul-suckingly exhausting this yeah. is. Yeah. When they all get like their noon break to eat lunch, father mm-hmm. falls asleep on the ground as soon as he lays down because yeah. he's that tired. Yeah, it sounds exhausting. And they're only they're only about a quarter of the way through. And their they trip. don't want to, like there's an argument early on about whether or not they should take a break on Sundays, um, 
and they I think decide not to. Right, yeah, because push through they because they want to take advantage they they're afraid of what happened to the Donna Reed party. For good reason. Yeah. <sighs> that being said, side note, could you eat a person? If I yeah. Same. Yeah. If I had if to, I had I to. Could. I'm not gonna yeah. do it because I want to. Right, yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> seek it out. And also that's bad. Like that's it's not, not good for you. Right. Like it's physically your body cannot process those yeah. nutrients. It doesn't know how. But out of desperation. Then yes. Yeah. <coughs> okay. Uh, we have more Mrs. Kenker stealing things. Oy vey with this um, woman. They, we have Pepper and Hattie uh, walking alongside uh, the wagon that Wade is uh, still unwell in, and they're singing songs to him. They have and... to cover his eyes with a wet towel to keep him from going blind because they can't yeah. get his eyes to close. Yeah. And they are pouring broth down his like throat and just little bit little bits of water. Yeah. But fortunately on page fifty eight, today there is much celebration and tears of joy. After three days of sleeping, which three days, pff, amateur. Try three weeks, Wade. <laughs> yeah. Uh Wade sat up, looked around, and said, Mother, I am as hungry as a bear. Mm-hmm. Just like that. And honest to God, that is not at all how comas work. Yeah. Uh, you wake up and they don't they feed you through your nose through another week. Uh, and it is arguably the worst thing about the entire experience. Yeah. Um, so anyways, um, she, he's alive I'm and so her glad sister's so excited. I get to see his beautiful green eyes again. Very good. Cute. Um, she does give us an updated list on page 60 of what she's afraid yeah. of. It now is Hemlock and Fast Rivers, but that's it. That's all. And she's I'm proud very of excited her. about that. Um, oh, but, and, and just above that, there's a very important passage. Ma says that people who are thinkers often, oh wait, you said that. Already. I read, I wrote it in the front of the book. I was like, that is good. Okay. We don't but have to I, talk about it. Though. Yeah, we don't have to talk about it again. Uh, yeah. Um, but here we go, uh, with more canker problems. Yes. This woman is a menace. Oh my goodness. Um, so she is fighting with Tall Joe about how fast they're pushing on. Mm-hmm. Um, and she tells him that he's rude and he smells bad. And effectively, he says the same thing. You bother me worse than a corpse in the high summer on a hot day. Wow. That's a sick burn. Sick burn. Now, I will admit, I was getting some characters confused. And this might have something to say about me. Um, but there's a character that we meet called Mrs. Big, who is quite fat. Okay, I, yeah, I noted this several times. Um, that Kenker and Mrs. Big were... There's, these two characters are presented, and I think the lesson to be learned is very much the don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, because, because Mrs. Big ends up being the best. Yeah, because there's a lot of fat phobia in it where she's like, this woman is so huge. She must eat 10 pies a day, but and that's like, she. this woman brings her mother uh-huh. a mincemeat pie. And also her pie. husband is, I think paralyzed like can't um, walk he was trampled by mules yeah he doesn't have legs they had to be oh, amputated okay. um so she carries him around in a little cart or Which sometimes strapped to her back i love but and she also does all of the men's work that uh-huh. her husband can't do so she's probably hella strong she's probably the said, baddest witch this side of the mississippi we're getting real thin on ice i'm trying with here language. i know but i'm keeping um, it together um so i love her i love her so and much. i love her redemption moment where 
we learn not to be fat phobic pieces of trash. Yes. Something the Gilmore girls never once learn. Ugh. Yeah. So, yeah, I th- uh, like that was an uncomfortable thing that they kept bringing up. But I'm glad, again, that Hattie learns a lesson. Yeah. Um, grows. She actually, I should put the. I don't have a pencil out here, but I will add that as one of the values is not mm-hmm. to judge people by how you think they're going yeah. to be. Like, don't judge a book by its yeah. cover. Yeah, it says Kenker. You think she's going to be a sweet old lady who reminds you of your meemaw. Yeah, meemaws can steal. Yeah, <laughs> and can be jerks. Yeah. Oh, but also, <laughs> I was upset to see old people yelled at. They must be fifty years of age, ma'am. Right. But 50 is not that old. Also remember that the Golden Girls right, were so, 50. Yeah. yeah, they were in their 50s. So I don't know. I think it's... people just aged differently back then. Okay. But on the other hand, one of my big pet peeves with people talking about history is, and you hear this a lot in like comedy and stuff, where it's like the running joke is that because the life expectancy was so much lower in the past that people just like age differently and right. that like you're you're looking at a 30 year old man and they, this is all you know hyperbole for comedic effect but they're like oh but you're you're near dead like you're right. about to roll over in your the grave. The average life expectancy is 45. 45 so but that's you're because people man. don't understand math so and that, how averages are calculated. Yeah it's because of statistics and horribly it's because of the super high infant mortality rate. Yeah. If you make it to five you're probably going to make it to 60. Yeah so people didn't People, when they turned 40, they didn't expect, oh, well, I've only got five years left to live. They thought, like, "Ah, I mean, I'll be lucky to make it to, like, 80. Yeah. Like, normal people think. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's one of the values is don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, another value is that 50 years is not that old. 50 years is not that old? I was imagining a much older woman. Although, at 13, did I think 50? That's like, true, that's true. Right? Like, I probably thought 50 was the edge of... I thought 30 was near dead, so right. it's fine. <laughs> it's just... So we're moving through... I oh. can't... Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, moving on to the next page, we get the recurring segment of guns being super dangerous. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, this morning, after you are on the trail for an hour, a boy playing with his father's gun accidentally shot our front ox in the head. It dropped dead so quick. The ones behind him stumbled onto it, and what a tangle of hooves and harnesses. Pa was so mad, he stormed over to the boy, grabbed the gun, and threw it in the river. And to that I say, good, <laughs> because that's an expensive and horrible mistake, and it could have been, I mean, it was bad, like an animal died, but it could have, like, it also could, could have, have been a person. Human. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and earlier in this book, while they're still in Independence, Missouri, those boys, that group of boys uh-huh. who's riding around with their rifles, they accidentally shoot somebody in the neck. Yeah. Kill them dead. Yeah. So, it's a recurring problem. Uh-huh. And then... Uh, later, when Fort Laramie drew into sight, I felt shaky. Indians were camped everywhere, but I looked at them careful and did not see any trouble brewing. <laughs> into that, I said, "A Karen in the making." <laughs> just gotta, just gotta watch these uh, people of color and uh, just make sure that they're not doing anything suspicious. Because uh, if they are, I will call the police. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, Let don't. people live. We should make like a list of. The values that we would like the children who listen yeah. to this get. Don't call the cops. Don't be Actually, don't call the cops. Full don't stop. call the cops. You don't need the cops. They're not going to help you. 
Although yeah, cops even, did help me for my medical yeah, emergencies. Yeah, you should sometimes call the cops. Um, but but in the right not because people of color are just minding their own business. <laughs> okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, here we go. Page sixty-eight. Pepper told me a secret last night. <gasps> Romantic. Romantic. We were setting up a tent to share with little Holly and Laurel, for there was thunder and the smell of rain. It was pitch black, no moon or stars. Every minute or so, a sheet of lightning flashed in the west so bright we could see the whole prairie the way it is when someone holds up a lantern in a barn. Super cool, by the way, when you see lightning on the prairie. Lightning on the prairie. I'm sure. It, I have seen it once, and it was so interesting. Love it. Anyway, um, so she says, Gideon has asked me to marry him, and I said yes. Tell me what you think. <sighs> well, Pepper, I wish it was me. No, <laughs> no That is said, kind of her takeaway. She says, uh, I'm very happy for you, but I was filled with envy because I am in love with Pepper. No, uh, because I wanted to have someone love me, too. If I'm, is she, if, if she is 14 and old enough to marry, then I, at 13, and am old enough to fall in love. Oh, you sweet summer child that is very relatable to a teen, a young teen, but no. <laughs> no. Just wait. It'll be fine. Unfortunately, the next day, Wade is feeling good enough to dance, but when the fiddler started up, he went and asked no. another girl. No! I was so upset that I ran outside the circle where it was dark. For a long time, I sat in the dirt where no one could see me watching the dancers. Mm. I felt so alone. Girl... Been there. Yeah. Ooh, that uh, one clanged in oh, my heart. Oh, the deep heartache. Yeah. <laughs> of not being, like, unrequited love, worst yes, thing in the world. It is. Ah, uh, and we have, yeah, uh, Mrs. Big comes over and shares some candy with her and uh, some taffy for Hattie and her brothers. And it's like, we love her. Um, and she eventually makes uh, Pepper's... Wedding beautiful dress, wedding right? dress. Yes. Yeah. How sweet is so, that? So uh, yeah, the whole like um, wagon train learns that there's a wedding gonna happen, and so everyone pulls together and um, first they make them a little miniature wagon out of busted oh! up wagon parts. They make them a cute little wagon. Um, a they, wedding chest full um, of it's like a wedding mm-hmm. shower. Yeah. Um, it's a very sweet moment about community. And, and the importance of sharing mm-hmm. and yeah yeah i love that um and then they do one of my favorite things mm-hmm. um and i've known about this because i i watch musicals um yeah so in the musical oklahoma yeah. we learn about a shiverin oh uh, and they do that here What's as that? well um it's where you effectively scare the heck out of the bride and groom as they have their first wedding night oh, okay. together. Yeah, I remember, yeah, this, so yeah, the wedding happens and then they're in their little wagon. Right, and Wade has Hattie come with him and they make, uh, they attach noisemakers to the back of the wagon, like, kind of like that tin can tradition, yeah. putting tin cans Except on the back of the car. like, allegedly in their learning about sex. Oh, um, uh, and then they, because they're in a wax, so in, in Oklahoma, they bang on the windows and mm-hmm. feel like they're going to shake the house down. Um, and here they just pull the wagon without its oxen oh. really far away. So these two 
not only will have a little bit of a surprise, like, oh, whoa, we're not mm-hmm. where we think we are. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, they feel it moving. They're yeah. not sim- simpletons. Uh, but also, uh, to, just to give them a little privacy. I would imagine there's not a whole lot of privacy oh, for your wedding yeah. night. And yeah, like, I was thinking about that. Just like, okay, you're just 10 feet away from the next wedding. Exactly. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's not something that I would want. Um, so they call it a chivalry. Okay. I've always heard it shivering. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's how they say it in Oklahoma. And I will say that I think believe the subtitles of Oklahoma back me up. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the, and they make it to Independence Rock. Yeah. Um, Which is where they had the wedding. Yes. You're okay. I'm trying to catch up to you. I actually feel like that's. The last, I feel like we kind of have to stop here. Yeah. Other than little brother Ben breaks his arm. Yeah, the very uh, at the very end of this first half, um, my little brother Ben fell off the wagon. See, just before noon, um, and yeah, he breaks his arm. Just again, horrifying. Right. Um, considering well conditions. That it made in. me think about how much these people had to know. To yeah. do this successfully. Pa can successfully set his son's arm, his broken yeah. arm. Yeah. Although he mentions, we're lucky that the bone didn't poke through the skin, which is called a compound fracture. Mm-hmm. When I was eight or so, I almost had a compound pra- fracture. I broke my arm mm-hmm. and the splintered radius almost went through the skin, which would have required a really intense surgery to fix. Yeah. But... I've never broken a bone in my body because I am overly cautious. <laughs> oh, Good. I stay inside I'm all the time. So terrified I of injury. But you still tend camp. I do, yeah. So there you go. You're living life. Okay. I had no judgment for you. Yeah. I only broke a bone because I fell on gravel trying to roller skate on gravel. Okay, which I've done not stupid supposed stuff to like do. that, yeah. Yeah. P.S. Kids, there's a lesson. Don't do that. Well, if you fall, don't try to catch yourself. Let your butt take the blow. Mm, your butt is of, meant for that. I'm full of lessons today. Mm, we got so much to teach. I am so hungry. Dripping in wisdom. I, Shall we call it? Yeah, um, let's be done. Yeah, so poor Ben. Poor um, Benny boy. But, you know, good thing you didn't have to amputate your arm, kids. Yes. And Pepper is married. Hattie is, has unrequited love. And or maybe less unrequited than we think, because Wade is seeking her out more. I think that he doesn't know how to... He's shy, like our friend Gideon. Uh, maybe. We don't know. It could could very well be. Also, boys, very simple creatures. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up for... We'll record. I'm so happy to be doing this again. Yeah. I, at the end of every summer break, I start feeling that itch. Um, to uh, gratuitously talk in a microphone yeah. and have make other people on the internet listen to it. So. I tried to not be gratuitous this time. Yeah, <laughs> I really cut it down. You I really cut it down. Reeled it in. Thank you. We will have more fun facts. Uh, oh my gosh, I didn't even tell you all my fun more facts. More sidebars, um, and even a special guest coming up in the next few episodes. Yes. And in the meantime, we're going to go eat some ribs and mac and cheese. Heck yes! Excellent. All right. Well, see you later. We still don't have an ending to this. No. We should probably come up with a catchphrase. Bye. Ciao. (laughs) 
Hey, thanks for listening. We'd like to thank Erica Page for creating our amazing intro and outro music, Callie Charing for being the best research librarian we know, and the world's best editor, Danny Heck. Feel free to reach out to them with contact info in the description. 